1: Hello there, and welcome to this episode of New Horizons. Thanks for your company. I'm Vaughan Benison. Today, continuing our series on people with multiple disabilities. You'll no doubt remember the session from the convention at the end of March last year in Hobart. Steve Richardson facilitated the session on people with multiple disabilities. Joining Steve on the panel of that session was Jonathan Craig, and they both joined me on today's program. Thanks for sharing your story with us.
2: Thank you very much for having us.
0: Thanks, Thanks, Vaughan.
1: Both of you have uh, very similar or the same bone condition.
2: I was born in 1990 and um, at that time, the genetic condition that both Steve and myself have since been diagnosed with had only been uh, invented for four years. Um, Steve and I both have a condition called osteoporosis pseudoglyoma syndrome. I was diagnosed Uh, just after birth, but basically only by pure chance. My paediatrician had happened to recently read uh, a paper about osteoporosis pseudoglioma syndrome, which is basically a syndrome, uh, a unique genetic condition, which causes both
0: blindness and
2: brittle bones.
0: My story was probably a longer journey, a much longer journey. Uh, I was... uh, born in 1973, and initially um, I was diagnosed as being blind fairly early. Um, The bone fractures started when I was three or four, and then they discovered that the bones were brittle, but nobody really connected the dots. Um, At the time, they didn't, didn't have any idea about genetic testing of the sort we have today, I guess I grew up with two conditions that were parallel. No one could diagnose the eye condition. No one could correctly diagnose the bone condition. It started as osteomalacia and then it became a toss-up between whether it was juvenile osteoporosis or osteogenesis imperfecta. Uh, The first person to really flag it was a very astute GP who actually asked me whether there was anyone else that I knew who had similar circumstances to myself and i said no not really i knew of other people who had eye conditions whose father had a bone condition but not the two together um, six months or so later i went to i was going to an endocrinologist um, in association with some bone fractures that i'd had and they put me on to a genetics uh, person a geneticist who first flagged the idea of osteoporosis pseudoglioma. And I did we did some research at the time, which stopped the funding ran out. And then 2018, when I had the accident with the guide dog, there were a lot of people around me talking about their conditions, their multiple disability conditions, and I got the blood in my veins started to boil and I thought I really want to pursue this and I went I was going back to the endocrinologist because they changed my medication and I said hey guys while we're here can we pursue the genetic testing again and really get the the nail on this one because it would satisfy me and I finally got the result that I wanted early last year with confirmation a little later on so for me after 46 years of life, it was a a closure and it was something that I could now put on a form.
1: So let's talk a little bit about the, the condition then for a moment. You've talked about the fact that both of you had uh, and and continue to have presumably bone fractures and things like that. What does it mean for you both, um, and, and Steve, we'll start with you, in terms of uh, your day-to-day life?
0: Most of the time, I travel with a white cane. And I also travel with a support cane, probably more for the psychological impacts that um, have resulted from a lifetime of balance issues relating related to falling. However, at random times, almost completely unexpectedly, as, as occurred to me a few weeks ago, that can change. I can have a fracture. I can experience pain and all of a sudden I'm gone from getting the train to work and working around to having my GP call me on a Sunday afternoon saying, get off your leg right now and get yourself to the hospital tomorrow. Um, You have some cracked screws in the plate in your right leg, which will need to be operated on. And what that's meant, of course, is the post-op. I've had to get taxis to work. Next week I'm going to attempt to go back on the train after seven weeks but I'm actually going to get someone to travel with me because the impact of that, of course, is that I've lost a little bit of my travel confidence. Uh, but, yeah, th- these things can happen. I can randomly find myself having to sit it out, having to get, having more difficulty just getting around the
1: house. And, and Jonathan, your story is a bit different. How does it impact on you?
2: Well, um, I had a lot of bone fractures when I was very young. Um, and you know in fact even as an infant um i had uh bone fractures which uh was the thing that that caused my diagnosis actually um and so uh you know the uh, a kind of uh ongoing series particularly of femur fractures uh was was really debilitating to me in my early childhood um what it meant basically was that um uh, uh, on on many occasions, uh, I would get to a certain level of recovery and then uh, fact, fracture again and go back to square one. Um, as a result of a number of related complications, um, I now use a wheelchair outside the home. Uh, and so, you know, the results for me have been very different for Steve and the challenges that I face as a blind Person using a wheelchair are are really quite different. Um, you know, one of the uh, one of the more positive aspects of my particular experience with my condition is that I haven't actually had a fracture um, since October two thousand and three, and that uh, that incident in October two thousand and three was actually a surgical intervention in order to um, straighten the left leg. This is an experience I believe you've had as well, Steve, where they have uh they put uh a rod in the femur in order to straighten it after several breaks caused it to heal uh with a bow. Um so um you know that um that operation had a really positive impact on on the strength of of my left leg. And so uh that has enabled me to kind of uh, start the process of, of of exercising and learning to walk again, um, which I now walk largely for exercise while using a wheelchair largely for
1: uh, mobility. A wheelchair is not the most practical thing to be getting around with with a cane, for example. What does that mean for you?
2: Well, um, it's very challenging uh, in a number of ways. And what it really means is that my independence um, has not been as great as many of my peers. Um, Independently propelling myself using a wheelchair, I need both hands to safely steer, which means that I can't rely on a cane in the way that other people who were blind would and also it's uh not safe to use a guide dog as a a, a method of propulsion essentially being dragged along that is not considered a a valid way to um to to move around which is quite fair um so i'm not independent on public transport um and you know um honestly i have often felt uh you know a lot of jealousy to around around that of course I also um, rely on support workers in the community more than some of my peers. Um, And, you know, that's something which I've even faced judgment for uh, from my peers, who uh, some of them believe that using a support worker uh, means that you are not an independent person. And it symbolizes, uh, you know, the fact that you have to rely on other people, which is, you know, often not considered uh, a, um, an admirable thing within the community of people who are blind and vision impaired. Uh, the fact that I've relied on support workers to get out and about uh, more than others has been, you know, uh, a source of, of internal conflict for me. Um, all that said... It's something that I've very much made peace with, um, especially as, you know, um, through the rise of the NDIS, the way that, that some people who are blind and vision impaired see support work is starting to change. And they're starting to see the fact that it, you know, for example, it actually uh, does make me a more independent and more capable person. Uh, in my particular
1: situation. Steve, is this something, a a judgment that you've encountered throughout your life?
0: I can't say that I've ever been judged for it, but I get angry when I hear people in my own community judging others for that though. Mm. I do Mm. totally understand that. I have various support workers that I use for various tasks in my life and... Quite frankly, there are times when it's just easier for me to, to go that way. It, I, I pride myself on the independent level. I pride myself on the level of independence I have and I always take pride in anyone who demonstrates that they wish to have as much independence as they possibly can. But sometimes having a support worker gives you a level of independence that you wouldn't have otherwise had or maybe one you have without some of the hassles of if you're travelling through a busy shopping centre to find a new doctor, for example, hmm. you could use hmm. Ira. yes. But if you don't feel comfortable travelling that way, sometimes it's just easier to say, hey, I'm, can I grab an hour of your time on Monday, I've got to go to my doctor and I'm just trying to find out how we've got to get there.
2: Yeah, well, the other thing as well, Steve, that, that occurs to me is that we have an extra level of responsibility Um, that we have to ourselves and to our families because we uh, need to look after our own safety. But the thing is for us, if I fall, my whole family is affected. If I break a bone, that means that, you know, I'm suddenly incapacitated for a long period of time to a much greater degree than I normally am, and you know, I there's there's no blame for that, of course, because that wouldn't be my fault. But if I can avoid it, it's my responsibility to make sure that I do everything I can to keep myself safe, so that I don't need to be, you know, don't suddenly uh, put a much greater demand um, on on the people around me, and 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 put much more stress on the people around me, and also you know, harm my own life and my own goals.
0: Sorry, I just wanted to point out too that when Jonathan and I fracture, mm. uh, it might be interesting to know for people, it, usually when uh, people with healthy bones fracture, the length of recovery is around four to six weeks. Mm. Uh, for Jonathan, I don't know about yourself, but I know for me, they they tell me that it's twice as long for yes. a decent recovery.
1: Jonathan Craig and Steve Richardson they're joining us on the second last episode of the New Horizons series on people with multiple disabilities. I think this is a series that we'll have to revisit in the future because it's garnered a lot of attention and a lot of interest so we may revisit this at a later date however we'll hear more from Steve and Jonathan next week. Don't forget the email list that Blind Citizens Australia has established for people with a multiple disability. If you'd like to find out more about that and you'd like to subscribe to the email list then get in touch with BCA and someone will help you out there. In the Meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with BCA for that or any other reason, you can call one 80 Or you can email BCA at bca.org.au. Bca at bca.org.au. In the meantime, I'm Vaughn Bennison. Do take care. I'll talk to you again next week. will
0: achieve the realization of a dream. Of our dream.